Welcome to the Exhaust Notes Podcast. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to the Exhaust Notes Podcast, your new favorite Formula One podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I'm with my guys, Rowett and Todd, to talk about some racing. It's just three <laughs> Yahoo's talking, which is really what any podcast is. Well, way to set up your own segue, Ro, but for you, I wore my Ferrari red. Um, cut me deep. My allegiances are with Carlos, but anyway, let's not get there right away. Let's just give. The, let's set the table as only we can. So, Todd, what happened? A couple as was it? We as we have come to find out, Daddy Big Stick John Elkin of Ferrari dropped a bag on Lewis Hamilton, and he is now going to be racing for the Scuderia as of 2025, which is probably the most shocking driver transfer of all time. I can't think of another one like going back pretty far other than maybe this is weird to say, but Lewis jumping ship from McLaren after he had won a title with them to go to Mercedes. So he's like one, one upping himself. Can I ask you this? Wasn't he at Ferrari? Because when I first heard this, I got LeBron going back to Cleveland vibes. No, in the sense he's that ne- no? he's never raced for the Scuderia before. No, but he okay. he raced Fred Vasseur. Was in F two? He in, yeah. his team principal his was team principal Fred Vasseur. Okay, yeah. so there is a little bit of that. It's apologies yeah. because for some reason I thought he had been in Ferrari at some point. No, well, yeah, this- he's never raced for them. But how do you feel as 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 the resident Ferrari fan or? I'm a Carlos Sainz fan. I mean, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I heard the news. This is fascinating to me for a couple different reasons. Number one, who is the 1A driver on that team now? And we always talked about the fact that in Ferrari, you never know who's 1A, 1B. So let's complicate the matter even more. Because what faith are you showing in, I was going to call him Charles Hamilton, which is an obscure rapper from like the last 15 years. What face are you, uh, faith are you giving Charles Leclerc? Because let's call a spade a spade. I think he and Carlos Sainz have been fairly even as drivers, even though Leclerc is supposedly supposed to wipe the floor with Sainz. And now you're adding the umpteenth time world champion in Lewis Hamilton. Like, who's the number one driver on that team right now, if you had to ask? My point exactly. I think it's so that's one that. thing. It's Leclerc, obviously. Yeah. It's going to take some time for for Lewis to bed into that car. And does he have the time though? Like, I mean, how long is his contract? A multi year. So we're looking at two plus. Okay. Probably three. But the reason, which was the most shocking thing of all of this transfer, is that. Lewis knows that he's kind of in the twilight of his career and wanted to set up a deal with Mercedes to be an ambassador, which means them still dropping the bag on him until 2035, I believe was the date. And through these negotiations, John Elkin from Ferrari, he's the president CEO or whatever of Ferrari proper. uh, He said, yeah, come be an ambassador for us. Uh, You're good until 2035. And he's never raced for them before. And he was uh, is only going to race for them, let's say, at max five years, right? He, he pulls, mm-hmm. a Carla, or, uh, pulls an Alonso and goes well into his 40s. He's turning 40 this year. Or 39. 
maybe I should round up to 40. Yeah. Okay. Let's say 40. So at 45, he, re- he retires and then he has another seven years of, of being an ambassador for Ferrari when he won seven slash eight world titles with Mercedes. Yeah, we live in the era where it truly doesn't matter in terms of allegiances or loyalty. It's the loyalty to the paycheck, and I'm here for it because I'm always a fan of let athletes get their money because they live in a very volatile world. Like They're only as good as the last race they've won, which unfortunately for Lewis has been two years now. Like, Let me ask you this other question. Do you see Lewis winning a race this year in Ferrari? Or, sorry, in 2025. I keep thinking it's going to happen this year. But for all intents and purposes, this is going to be a gap year for a lot of drivers on the grid. I think he will. I think this, is, I think this is way bigger than money. I think it's just disrespectful of Mercedes to not give him a contract. These, the, yeah, these teams pay their legacy drivers for decades. Like, yeah, they might not be, like, you know, think about, like, where Lewis is. Like, you're talking about, at worst... The like, and this is not how I feel, but I'm saying, like, at worst, the worst human being on the planet might be able to justify that Lewis is the third best driver of all time. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that's going to be around the sport, they're going to drive car sales, they're going to drive entire generations of fan bases to a certain team. Mercedes like fumbled this in like such a terrible way, in my opinion. It's like Talk about it more. Well, it's like if the if if Seb, let's look at Seb, right? Seb is going to be around the sport for forever because he loves the sport, but he's also going to make it a better sport. He's going to make it better for people. And every person that got to watch him race and got to see him evolve became a bigger fan of him as he got older. You go on social today and people talk about Seb every day and he hasn't been anywhere near Formula One in the way that he was prior, right? Like, yeah, he's popped up here and there. And then the guys go hang out with him and the dri- other drivers go see him. Lewis is, Lewis is his cosign on a, on a brand is so much more powerful than Seb's, in my opinion. I don't think it actually matters what car he won his championships in. I think, yes, like the diehard Lewis fans are going to be like, I'm still driving my Mercedes. Same way that Schumacher diehards are going to, be Tafosi, right? Like there's a lot of that crossover. But to you know, like this is like the Bulls not bringing Jordan into the family and letting him go to the Wizards and letting him go become an owner over there and then become an owner of of the Hornets. Like you could have and granted I get MJ is like, you know, a North Carolina boy, but like that to me is like the biggest fumble in like NBA history, because if the Bulls would have just thought that through a little bit and kept a little bit, drop the ego down and keep keep the ringer on the phone. Then you have the greatest player in the history of the game of basketball as a brand ambassador for the team that everyone loves to see him play. They'd still sell 10 times. They'd sell 10 times as many jerseys today. If he was just around the Bulls for the for the ten years that followed, Jerry his Cross's career. widow would not get booed. Exactly, on last dance night. Exactly, no, it's, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> it's, and it's just weird to me. Like it's like I'm also I'm also like a huge baseball fan, right? And the one thing that baseball does well, and I, the Giants do it better than any team, in my opinion, even taking my fandom out, they consistently bring back 
ex players to be coaches, to be brand ambassadors in the city, to be actively involved in the team, in the team and the organization after the fact for, for decades, you know, like my favorite players have come and gone out of the organization multiple times because they're always trying to bring back that nostalgia and that, that play of like, Oh, let's, let's get these fans back into this. Right. If Mercedes is thinking long-term, you know, the car brand and the formula one team, both of them need to have talked through this. Right. Because the fact that you let Lewis go to Ferrari, let's say he does win his eighth championship with Ferrari, which I actually think he will do. Like, I think that this is like big energy shift, right? This is, we haven't seen this in a long time in Formula One. This is Ferrari needing a jolt. This is Fred Vasseur finally getting things rolling in the right direction. This is Lewis proving that he was more than the Mercedes car. There's so many elements to this that, that the universe wants to see Lewis win to be like, this is why he's the greatest in my opinion. And yes, I'm a fan, but like, there's so many things lining up for this to happen. There's also the, the Red Bull switch from Honda to Ford power units. Like there's going to be a slip slip up or in some way with that. Like we know that, that when those things happen, it takes a little bit to get back up to speed. It's like one little window of opportunity if Lewis wins his eighth title and becomes the prominent only eight-time champion in Formula One in a Ferrari, who the hell cares what he did before that? Because he's going to show up in Ferrari Red for the next 10 years because they were like, yeah, sure, come come be a fan of us. Why would you not? Like, I would literally pay any previous Formula One driver to be around as an ambassador like imagine if kimmy was if kimmy raikkonen is being paid to be an ambassador that's my favorite team right now like sad for me i just want to go see him i just want to go see him be himself around the team and and i will say this if lewis can overcome whatever demons and pet cemetery that ferrari testing grounds were on and he can bring (laughs) them to a level of complacency and not well maybe complacency after competency that might be the single most impressive thing he's done because if he can truly lift all boats in that Ferrari tide to, I would say I'll be impressed if he gets a win with them his first year, because I I'm just not convinced. And you guys have said it yourself. I am the Ferrari fanboy of the thing. I'd like to think at times I'm objective at times I'm subjective. I just don't think that infrastructure, no matter what Fred Vasseur has done, and this is a big fish. Like we always talk about the fact that you have to win the race, but sometimes you have to win the press conference right before they've won the press conference. This is a dynasty winning press conference. As far as I'm concerned, now it's just turning into the fact that, okay, can he do it? Because if he does great, I think this is the most impressive thing he's done that, like I've said before, but then I keep coming back to the actual structure of the team. For one, I think they let, they let the wrong driver go. But that's just me. If you guys have listened to this podcast, if this isn't your first podcast, you guys know I bang the signs drum more than anybody. But I think they let the wrong driver go. And I would feel a lot better about Lewis's chances had it been Carlos that stayed and not Chuck. I think that Tifosi would have carpet bombed Marinello if they let go of Leclerc. Like <laughs> no, literally I get that. Yeah. Chaos. I absolutely get that. Like he is the prodigal son. And I know that there are certain sacred crowds that even a Ferrari can remain untouched. 
but I've also always said that if there's one driver that would benefit from a seat change, it would be Charles Leclerc, but it's never going to happen. He is essentially Rapunzel trapped in a castle because he can let down his hair all he wants. Nobody's ever going to climb up that hair. He's going to just be stuck in that tower crying because he messed it up again. And now I think you're adding that added pressure quicker. Let's ask George Russell how the last two years have gone for him now. The first year he had Lewis. Now the last two, it seems, or has it been only two years total with the two of them? It was together? like half a year last year, and then he kind of wiped yeah. the floor with them this year. Yep. I think, but, go ahead, Todd. No, the, the one thing that we haven't really talked about yet is what did Lewis see yes. over the winter at Mercedes that's like, like, obviously, I think Lewis at the end of the day, just wants to win races. Like he's getting the bag already. He's set for life. He has the legacy. I think he's still in the sport because he just wants to race and win races. Right. So what did he see from, from the factory that he's like, either they didn't listen to me and all my feedback last year, because he was very, very animated, uh, animated about that. Yes. Um, or, or two, what, what did he see from the Ferrari side that, he was like, you know what? I'm going to jump ship. They have a fast race car. We know that, but it's usually one lap pace. Not like not as bad in the Haas sense, but they have a lot to fix. Let's say from fragility to strategy to whatever. So what could be going so wrong at Mercedes that he was just like, you know what? I'm out. I think it's a perfect storm. I think there is probably something in his perception. And granted, there's nobody that would understand that car better than Lewis Hamilton on this earth. But maybe he's so close to the forest that he's only seeing trees and he's making something bigger than what it is with regards to that Mercedes. The other thing is, I think he has the ego to say, you know what? I can be the missing link. I am the truly last thing that can make Ferrari great again. And that's why I'm going to go over there because I've seen this from a distance. Nothing seems to work. Prodigal son, Charismatic journeyman. Both of them don't seem to work for Ferrari. Let the goat come in. Let the goat shine. God, if he wins a race this year, it's going to be chaos. As, Imagine as if Mercedes. he wins Monza. Oh. Like, the, the, everyone's collective O-face at once. It's going to be insane. I mean, I think I think the other part of this, like, we, if I remember right... He's taking he's taking one of a, one of his engineers right is going. Well, it's been talked about that Bono it might be Peter Bonington yeah. might be following him, but mostly just from a communication aspect because the team at large is still very much Italian. Yeah, and he doesn't want the confusion to set in during races to be like because I mean God we've heard the strategy <laughs> team strategy radio, um, Roger checking and they just don't know what to do. So I think. He might. It, it was talked about that he's bringing Peter Bonington along with him. I don't know if that's a fact yet, though. The, the the one thing I will say that I'm a huge fan of is that uh, no matter what, if he even if he's meddling mid pack, right for his time at Ferrari, the the vision of John Elkin and I I said this in the Discord and. I don't mean to pat myself on the back for the memes, but the dude, John Elkin, if you can uh, look him up, look up a picture of John Elkin. I hope I'm saying that right. Or it could be Elklan. I don't know. Whatever. He's the CEO of Ferrari. Um, he looks exactly like the villain in Too Fast, Too Furious, like to a T. So look him up. Empty, <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
That's yes. the one. I'm just glad that he saw the vision that no matter what his history was with the prior teams, that people don't care. At, like a megastar like Lewis can be accepted by the Tifosi and sell Ferraris for the rest of his life. Because let's think about this. Nicky Lauda was, a until his death, a Mercedes ambassador. He never raced for Mercedes. Yep. Not once. Yep. He raced for McLaren. He raced Brabham. He raced for uh, uh, Ferrari. Yeah. And he became a Mercedes ambassador. And everybody never said anything like, hey, you didn't race for that team. Yeah. I was just such a star. Yep. Three. That's that's another. I mean, he's got three titles, right? Was in the pits until he was 70 and passed, 70 ish and passed away. Like, yeah. I think. And a mentor to Lewis. And a mentor to Lewis, right? Yeah, Lewis won uh, Monaco, like that crazy pass on Max, whatever, a few years back and dedicated the race to, to Nicky Lauda right after, right? Like that was the same yep. weekend that he passed. To, to me, like that's the like big picture thinking that it's just like frustrating that Mercedes would even let this slip up, right? Because like I think it's even more important to have more – black kids looking up to Lewis Hamilton and he knows that everything he's done in his career like I love Michael Jordan I love Allen Iverson Allen Iverson is not the best role model for most people by many standards (laughs) but he's become an incredible human being as he's become older and he's to me still like the my most favorite revered revered you know athlete but when I look at like Michael Jordan, for instance, we all know being into sneakers and kids. Yeah. Like we just don't, we know that MJ is not, he, he values money a lot more than most people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of people that value money. And like, you know, to your point about Christian Horner, like maybe he's just a dick to work with who knows. But when you (laughs) embrace the fact that you're the role model and that you can change the lives of entire generations of kids that never thought that they could be a formula one driver or race driver of any kind. Now, all of a sudden, like you're, you're more powerful than the sport itself. And that to me is where Lewis is at. And he's looking at the future and like, he's like, look at the way Seb has done that on the, on the, you know, consciousness side. Yeah. Yep. Like you've become bigger than the sport. You have people that are fans of you that like my parents are fans of, of Seb and they, they've only, they only saw him for what a year or two before he retired because they came into it because of drive to survive. Lewis has been doing all this stuff all along. He's set the sport up to become much bigger than the, the narrow mindedness that, that we know it came from previously and to me, like, that's also like something that Ferrari needs, you know, it's like, fuck, like the, the amount of opportunity that you just stepped into is, is like Ferrari's potentially life changing for a ton of people, but it's potentially like sport of formula one and cars in general, like bigger than what you could have ever done with, with Mercedes. And I think it takes some serious balls to walk away from the sure shot of Mercedes that he had, regardless of if he felt they didn't, they weren't going to pay him enough or making him ambassador long enough, all those things. It's just like, Holy shit. He, he made this choice. Like I'm almost more of a Lewis fan now because he was like, I'm going to go prove it. You know? 
No, I'm rooting for him. And because if there's one word to describe Lewis Hamilton's career, especially in the back half, it's aspirational. He has always kind of put diversity as his number one core value. And this may be a dumb question to ask, but hey, I'm the new guy here. Has there ever been a black driver for Ferrari? No? Not that I know of. What what great person to be the first black driver for Ferrari than Lewis Hamilton? Because to your point, Nick, it opens up a world. So if I'm a kid of color or uh, underrepresented person that's a Formula One fan, I now see the pinnacle of drivers arguably going to the pinnacle of constructors. And now anything is possible. And that is something truly great that a lot of people take for granted. But until pen is put to paper and more importantly, dollar has hit the account, it's not going to happen. And now that it has happened, yes, Lewis is going to take on a world of pressure, but to paraphrase the old Jay-Z line, pressure is not going to make that man crack at all. Like, pardon me, I have to laugh at that. Like, if there is one person that's going to break this Ferrari curse, it could be, and it should be Lewis Hamilton. So that's where I know for you guys, I know for me, we're going to do this podcast for at least two more years because we want to see how that first year goes. <laughs> yeah. To answer your question, Lewis is the only black driver that's ever raced in Formula One. Yeah, in Formula One. I, know, I just yeah. need to say that for people just because okay. it's an absurd yeah. thing to say out loud. But it's one of those things that because Ferrari is Ferrari, it's in hollowed grounds. And as you we were kind of talking about it, to me, a buddy of mine oh, used to have this parlor game with me where he would ask me, he's like, if you could be any athlete for any team and you bring home a title for that team, what would you be? And I would always say, I would want to be the championship winning point guard on the New York Knicks. Because if I do that, given the history of that position in that city, you would never have to eat another meal again. I think I'm amending that, that if I'm the driver that brings a championship back to Ferrari and outside of being actually Italian, if Lewis Hamilton can do that, that's goat-like stuff. Just because there's so much infrastructural, so much window dressing that, especially given Italy's checkered past with racial movements, <laughs> let's just say that. Like this is also one of those things where that is probably the greatest red middle finger Lewis Hamilton can give to racists. Is like, you know what? I'm going to win at the most questionable in terms of geopolitical uh, countries possible. And like I said, I'm excited for it. The only thing I now wonder is how did the rest of the dominoes fall? Because this is a big one. Like, like Trevor, where, where do we see? Insane. Yeah. Yeah. We could spend a whole another episode on the, what the hell the driver market could look like after next year. Because literally besides Lando, Oscar, Max, Charles, Lewis, and Stroll, but he doesn't really count. Um, Everybody else, I think, ends in 2025. 24. Or 24, sorry. 24. It's going to be the most insane driver market. Yeah. Can I just ask this? Because, I mean, indulge me, gentlemen, as you often do every episode here on the Exhaust Notes podcast. Where are signs going from here? Like, that's the other thing. To me, like, it's one thing to have lost a average to below average driver to make way for the GOAT. I think Carlos Sainz is a top five driver. And... He is getting short shifted. Is this going to be my but did he moment of the (laughs) the episode? (laughs) That's why I set this up perfectly. Because now if there's one thing we love in this podcast, it's our respective catchphrases. But did he become a top five driver, Todd Yates? No. But is he? He's (laughs) he's not. He's, He's not. He's not a top five driver. Not when you have Max, Lewis, Charles, Lando, Alonzo, 
I'm not giving you two of those guys. Who? I'm not giving you Charles. I'm not and oh not, uh, no, not Alonzo. Alonzo got by on his name alone. Great, he had a great first third of the season. Put him in a top three car. That mf'er is finishing in a podium spot every race, unless it blows up. And, and, and it could be that? his own doing. It could <laughs> be his own doing. That's my he point. could. He could, but it's either the ceiling is higher with Fernando, but the basement is better with. Okay, anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna get a P four five six out of out of signs, or you're gonna get seventeen podiums and three DNFs from crashing out. Even what would you rather have? Give me signs because there's no way that dude is getting seventeen podiums. Do you want to make a juice? Put box him in a top car. Then? Put him in a top car. That dude Here's is a double world champion. Hey, Put some gonna, respect on his name. I'm going to alienate mo- my co-host, and I'm going to say this. Red Bull, if you have balls, get rid of Danny Rick. Put Fernando in that second seat. He would be P2 to Max every freaking race. Oh, no. I think if oh, there's he- one thing that would derail Max, it would be Fernando as his co-driver. <laughs> well, he, yeah. he would do the mind games and everything. Yep. There would be some fireworks in that garage for sure. Yeah, But if he's not first, he's... P2, Last. and I'm not going to do the button. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> he, he yeah. I, 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 to answer your question, Signs is put a stamp on it right now going to Audi. He'll take a middle year, oh. a year of pain as steak, tick, crypto, McDonald's, Cactus Jack, Formula One team. And then he will be an Audi works driver set up by his father who just won the car. Oh, what car the did Dakar. You uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's going to Audi. Sign it, seal it, deliver it. Yeah, I said that like 15 episodes ago. You and I agree. I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> the I, car. I do think it's really like fascinating to know that you're – like imagine if in any other sport, if you were signed to a different team – and still playing for the old team. Like, Formula One is so weird I, like that. Yes. Like, imagine Mahomes is already signed to the Niners next year, but he has to play you the bite, Niners yeah, you bite in your the tongue. Super Bowl. Exactly. You bite your tongue, the both of you. <laughs> I hope they both happens. lose, so I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. I hope the Chiefs win. I hope Travis proposes to Taylor on the middle of the field, and I hope to celebrate <laughs> they get a vaccine and a booster right then and there. <laughs> F you, Middle America. I, <laughs> where's Kansas again? It's Where, in where's, where's Kansas City? It's in, in the Missouri. Middle of, middle of America? Yeah. That's right. And they're in the blue part of the state. If everybody knows <laughs> Kansas City is blue, St. Louis is blue, there's little pockets of blue in the middle, but otherwise it's red. I think the most beautiful thing, side, side tangent here, the most beautiful thing about the Super Bowl, other than being a 49er fan and you being a Chiefs fan and like having the rematch again, is that it's actually like it's being played out in the Raiders now home stadium. So like the, don't do the two you know teams that, no. that that Raider fans hate the most. Todd, sorry. <laughs> I'm leaving. It's okay. Are you not sure? The Raiders like should have never left Oakland. The Raiders yeah, should have never left Oakland. I 100% agree with you. I just finally kind of started caring again <laughs> about football after they left. All right? I promise to never buy another piece of memorabilia or a hat or jersey or anything Raiders related after they left again. 
<laughs> but imagine my nightmare. I know we're, we're not even talking about Formula One now. Imagine my nightmare of I either – look at these scenarios. The Chiefs win, division rival, hate them, respect them, but hate them. That's or right. the Niners That's win, right. and then I have to hear every – bandwagon Niner fan wearing their crap for the next year. Like, yay, we won the Super Bowl. You didn't win the Super Bowl. You didn't watch a single game. And now you're going to celebrate the Super Bowl. I'm going to get your son a Fred Warner jersey if they win. I I won't light it on fire because that's just disrespectful. But And bad for the environment. Thank you. Okay, See, let's talk about Formula metal. 1 again. Yes. Okay. I think that this move from Lewis is actually going to benefit Charles Leclerc more than most people realize. Talk to me about that. Yeah. The issue with the Ferrari team right now is not <laughs> the fart <laughs> The issue with the Ferrari team right now is it could be debated which driver is prioritized, right? I think everybody's pretty close. You know, it's like it's fairly close to the middle. You lean probably towards Charles or you know, like if you're Rowett, you free Carlos signs, right? But like to me, that's the biggest kind of problem with the team is that you don't have the clear path to the to the front, to the top, right? And there's many issues with the team in terms of the way they manage things, the strategies, pit strategies, all that stuff. But like that in itself is like the fundamental like struggle point of where they're at. It doesn't even really matter if Lewis is the guy or if Leclerc is the guy moving forward, but you've moved away from this like three year period of kind of like what the hell's going on with the team. I think that that will free up Charles in thinking like he's going to have to like push to keep up with Lewis, regardless of how long it takes Lewis to get used to a car, which I don't think it's going to take him long. I think, I think, I think to, to Todd's point about Fernando, like I think you put Lewis in any car that's top half of the grid and he's top five driver, regardless of what car he's in. Same thing with, with Alonzo. Right. And I think that's going to be the case. He's going to get into this Ferrari. It's going to be a better car than where they've been. You're also going to have the the kind of fallback of the Ford Red Bull stuff. You're going to have Audi in the mix in the following season. So there's going to be just just enough changes happening throughout the grid that you know Ferrari's going to bring a pretty competent car. You know, like I can't remember a time where they weren't top half of the grid or or better. Right? We talked about Williams a lot. You know, falling off. New fans think of Williams as a bottom tier team. If you watched Formula One for decades, Williams is like the quintessential like grassroots racing story of going from nothing to becoming a winning franchise. And I think Ferrari's never had that. You know, they've had off years. They've fallen off a little bit. They've ebbed and flowed. But they've almost always been on the top half of the grid. They never had that like, okay, we're at the bottom. What do we do now? Can we survive? And I think that's like, kind of gives you like the, it kind of gives the team and with the two drivers they had that kind of like, well, we're, we're always going to be somewhere com- sort of competitive, but we're not going to win. And like, that's like the worst place for a team to be like, I'd rather be 20 
and know like we suck, but if we get one win this season, we're going to party like it's 1999. And if we're the best, then all you got to do is keep killing, you know, like keep killing it every time out. So I think they're kind of in that weird in between space in terms of like consistency where it's like they're consistently average, above average, but like for what we expect for Ferrari, consistently average. And they've almost gotten too comfortable in that space, you know, where it's like, how is it so acceptable? Lewis is essentially a sh- yeah, a shot in the arm to basically say, like, get your shit together. Yeah. I'm a former champion. I have aspirations to be a future champion. And I'm going to either carry you by the scruff of your neck as an entire team or we're going to crash and burn. So almost like an Alonzo-esque approach. Yeah. I guess it, my question to you uh, – go ahead, Tom. No, I was just going to say, like, on that same vein, though, the flip side of that coin is – Remember when Seb left and joined Red Bull or Ferrari? Like he was, it was that exact same scenario, right? I'm a former champion. I'm aiming to become a champion again. They uh, actually were trending upward, I guess you could say. And then they fell flatter than they've ever fallen, right? I think they got like P5 or P6 kind of due to, a, a you know, Maybe they finagled the fuel pumps a little bit. <laughs> Whatever. We don't talk I mean, about who that. Who amongst us hasn't finagled a fuel pump? That might be my only fan's name at the end of this episode. Keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, there's there is the very strong possibility of that happening, right? Red Bull is even more dominant. Lewis doesn't win a race. Cool, he gets a couple of podiums. You know, a small percentage of the Tafosi still hate him because of his skin color. Like, it doesn't really move the needle, right? The only way this is, like, it's a huge risk. Payoff is obviously huge. But there's a probably a more likely scenario than not of them just being P2, P3. Can I ask you this? One last question before we exhaust all that we have, because this is the Exhaust Notes podcast. Fine. Uh, last lap of Monza. It's Lewis in Ferrari. Charles Leclerc one two. Is somebody getting the hey? Let the other guy through, or are they going to let him race? Because that's to me truly what I'm most interested to see two years from now. Because it's all good and well that we're going to say, oh yeah, Charles Leclerc is still number one. Lewis is just there to push him and try to get one last title. But somebody has to be the number one driver and there are going to be feelings. And if we thought Lewis whined with Mercedes, what is he going to do when he runs into that first special brand of Ferrari ineptitude? Cause he's not going to take that lying down. Oof. That's a really good question. I, I, I don't see, I don't see him pulling a signs and saying, F you, I'll do my own <clears throat> strategy. Then I see him more whining about it trying to change it after the fact from within. I, I, I don't think he'll do. Like it's not going to be, a, it's not going to be a multi multi tw- I just got a very, but did he look from, from Nick for the audio <laughs> listeners? Uh, I don't see him pulling a Seb multi 21 on, uh, was it cool? I'm confusing Red Bull drivers now. But like him Was it ignoring Weber? T- Weber, Weber, yeah, Weber, Mark Weber, multi twenty one before my even time. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't see him doing that. I, I just or do it. And maybe he's just gonna go like genius brain and and 
figure out a way to pass him uh, yeah, while still not technically ignoring team orders or something. I'm just here for the inevitable Lewis congratulating Charles by looking at his performance on the screen, much like Fernando did uh, <laughs> our boy Lance Stroll this past year, because he's going to do that. Lewis has that <laughs> bit of asshole in him. Good job, Chuck. I got a very who's the kid from Peanuts that says Chuck all the time? Is it Peppermint Patty? Yeah. Anyway, Nick, uh, expand on your butt. Did he look? Yeah, but yeah, I think he's I think he's going to have way more freedom than Carlos does. You know, like there's been a lot of criticism. There's never a shortage of criticism of the Ferrari team, but the reality is the only win that they got was when Carlos stuck to his guns. I think the that's kind of like. As shitty as it is, it's normal in any work relationship, right? Like the guy that gets hired to be the chief of marketing that comes into the organization is like, here, here's a good example. Like John Donahoe, CEO of Nike, keys to the castle, do what you want to do, comes from eBay, knows the secondary market, knows how to market things. I have no idea how good he is at his job, but he's <laughs> he's given the 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 power to like make those decisions based on his previous experience and roles, which is always a weird thing to me because there is definitely somebody at Ferrari right now. There's somebody at Nike right now, a few steps down from CEO that is more capable to make the decisions to run the company or to run the team. But that's just the nature of the game when you have these big corporations, big organizations, right? It's tough to navigate. And Lewis is probably the best person in a car to make those decisions. You know, like he has way more, I mean, maybe Alonzo, you know, but like those two guys have, if you're going to give any driver the like go ahead to make their decision on strategy. Those two get it right. Cause even max is too, he's too young. He's, he's almost had too much experience winning to where like the nuance aspect of what you learn over 15 or 20 years driving is, is valuable. Like it, it, it is, you know? And I think that's where Lewis is. He's just going to, he'll have to make those decisions on his own. I don't think it's going to be like, there's never going to be anything conditional with Lewis in this Ferrari relationship, right? Like they're wanting him for his stardom and his talent and his knowledge of the sport. And I think that's clear by the way that they're approaching the partnership and, and saying, Hey, we know just as well as you do that, like you're not going to race forever, but we want you around after, after the racing is done. And to me, that says a lot about how they're going to actually act and, and kind of work with him, you know, makes sense yeah i'm just i don't know like i'm super optimistic about this and i think that it has a potential to like really make things competitive again in like ways that we we don't even expect just because it's coming it's coming out with all this change you know like we talked about and we'll talk about on a future episode all the driver changes that are coming all of the the kind of nuance that will come with all those shifts into this new car the new regs all that stuff it's just a good time and, you know, something had to happen so that Todd would actually want to watch racing this year. Unfortunately, it's all happening next year, so he's still not going to want to watch. But 
you know, oh, you'll no. be there in 2025. I, in. <laughs> I want those fireworks between the hall monitor and Lewis. And oh, yeah. uh, imagine that Ferrari trying to give team orders this year. Carlos is like, I'm not listening to you. I'm not even going to be here next year. So I was going to ask you that. How, how do these teams play this, right? Because Lewis is gone from Mercedes. Carlos is gone from Ferrari. Do they try to give team orders? Do they start to bring in younger talent to give them time and a seat? Like, obviously, that all depends on where these guys are at on the grid. If the, if the, if both of them come out just guns blazing and, like, are battling with Max at the front to, to – to like prove themselves in their last season. That's that could be the most beautiful season we get to see, you know, the, the P two through P five, six battle is going to be so good. Cause you throw the McLaren boys in there and everybody's just saying like, nobody nope, is I'm, talking about McLaren and they're about to stealthily take P two. Yeah. Very well could be. Imagine Matt, yep. uh, Lewis and and Charles are fighting because like Lewis wants to leave on a high note and say like yeah you're still not as good as me and leave the team that kind of thing same thing with uh, Carlos saying like oh I'm not good enough to be on Ferrari so whatever I'm gonna show you why you should have kept me that yeah. kind of thing uh, God that's gonna be so good can't wait for this <laughs> when is our hot takes episode Nick I'm salivating <laughs> what do we have we have we, uh, we four weeks five weeks now. We're doing it after the preseason testing, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we can like have actually, you know, we can act like we're informed, you know, oh, we watch preseason testing. We know what's going to happen and then be completely wrong. Spoiler alert, listener. I'm not watching a minute. These takes are hot. (laughs) (laughs) They're not lukewarm takes. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a few weeks. <laughs> we got a good episode coming your way too, listener. Don't worry. We, we we heard the feedback from last episode. That was our preseason testing. Now we're ready. We are so ready for this. Cut to a six-week break. <laughs> <laughs> the second race of the season. All right, so we're going to do our hot takes episode now. And, and our drafts. Can you guys yeah. believe it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. we need to do that. Too. Yeah, we got to figure and that set out. Up fantasy, um, got a lot of work. Well, I, I think this is uh, the best. The best thing about this whole Lewis thing is it is kind of invigorating for a lot of reasons. So I think it's going to bring a lot more, 100%. a lot more interestingness, interestingness to the sport for twenty twenty four. So yeah, exactly. Um. Well. Yeah. Go ahead. We can say we can leave it. Leave it with this. Our friend Sebastian Vettel said it best. Even if you're not a Ferrari fan, you're a Ferrari fan. Can we make that the episode title, Nick? <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. Either that or yeah. free Carlos signs. That's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll actually use both of them. I'll use one on one platform, one on the other. <laughs> Do the Ferrari one because I think we need those listeners. <laughs> All right, well, estates don't pay for themselves. It's uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, gentlemen. If you could let everybody know how to find you outside of the show. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at RoadM13, on Threads at RoadM13, on X at Rohizi, on Blue Sky at RoadM13, on Kickstarter as the Free Carlos Signs Movement starts. Todd, where can they find you? Uh, on Instagram at dadshoe.jpg on Threads. I lurk there. Come shut me out. Uh, at dadshoe.jpg on Twitter. I refuse to call it the other one. Um uh, Dadshu underscore JPEG and most importantly come find me at the Discord and yell at me about what we got wrong this episode. I will I know we will be getting a text from Trevor whenever this episode releases correcting me on <laughs> what a, either of you said. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. And yeah. That's the that's the joy of being Todd's friends because all mm-hmm. the hate mail goes to him directly and he does <laughs> yes. a great job shielding us from it. Yep. Hi Trev. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you can find me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. More importantly, follow Exhaust Notes FM on all the platforms. And the first link in the description will get you in the Discord. Appreciate you listening, watching. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Daniel Ricardo. Future Mercedes driver, Alex Albon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>